0: Amen. 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 Thanks, Pastor John. All right. Well, hey, we, my wife, my amazing wife, the amazing Chris Johnson, amen, you know what the amazing Spider-Man is, Um, the woman who, if she wasn't existing, we would not be in this building, and it would not look near as pretty as it does, because I am boring, and I she's amazing so anyways she got these ordered these and uh these are wristbands if you didn't see the video so the wristband is red means that you're at risk for covid and you don't want anybody to touch you um you got to hang it from your nose if you can (laughs) stick it up in there now um so red wristband means i love you but don't touch me um Good thing to do, I I was joking with first service that my wife wore these the first two years of our marriage. Um, That's why we didn't, it's like, whoa. She did it, she's actually cuddly and I love her, but um, I had to use it as a joke because she came from a home that was kind of like, don't touch me. And, uh, and she will tell you she has a bubble. Like she's always had a bubble. Like when somebody gets in her bubble, you'll see her back up a little bit. Who else has a bubble? Pastor Chase was the only one. Oh, okay. So the non-bubbles came to first service. Bubbles came to second service, um, which there's more people. So go figure that out. But um, anyway, so if you're at risking, you know, I know we have some people with cancer going through chemo um, and they just need to not be touched to wear one of these it's not a you know a red mark of shame um if you're cool with an elbow bump or a fist bump or maybe just an elbow bump wear the yellow one um and if you want to be kissed by somebody don't wear any at all um you just won't be kissed by me that one is a joke because some of the single people just got all excited like uh, where's that at but, uh, anyway so those are awesome um, they're available in the foyer on the right um, we would advise don't let your kids just take them just because they're cool but they are cool um, and take them home bring them back uh, either Wednesday or Sunday and uh, again we'll, we, we want to respect you as much as possible um, there are some people that didn't come to church because they're like at risk and they don't want to be touched so we're trying to make it as easy as possible people to come to church so alright with that I'm going to dismiss our kids first through sixth graders um you be back there your leader will meet you right there in the back and uh just want to say thank you for being here today we are having a baptism again right after second service and what what is baptism about okay i'll tell you now because we're going to dismiss them when pastor john gets up to sing the last song uh so then go get changed we get baptized because number one jesus said to it's a pretty good idea to do what jesus said right I need a better amen than that, or this sermon is going to go south. Thank you. Uh, that was the best one ever. And, uh, and so we get baptized because Jesus commanded it to, but it represents the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. When you go into the water, it's like you're new coming out. And so I wanted to explain that to you before they leave, because the people who are getting baptized wouldn't hear it, and you need to know why. I was baptized twice. First one, I was baptized in the Klamath River uh, in Northern California, and that didn't take, so I got baptized in Canyon Creek in Canyonville, Oregon as a high schooler, uh, because it was then I was really serious about my walk with God. The first one, I just wanted to go swimming, and the church was having like a barbecue thing. So anyhow, I got got dunked twice, and so it's okay. Um, If you need to get baptized, okay, get baptized. We have towels. We don't care if you have your clothes on or... I'm almost said or not, but that wouldn't work. Um, no, we do care that you have your clothes on. Uh, but, uh, anyways, if you need to get baptized, just hang out, and we'll bring everybody up. It's going to be quick, and I want everybody to stay because we're family. Amen. It's an important thing. So let's get into this. Um, I have to have your permission first to teach this message. Uh, this is a message that I believe that God put on my heart uh, because I wouldn't want it to be my words. I want it to be his words because we're going to talk about some tough stuff today. We're going to talk about some things that, that might be uncomfortable to talk about with some of the things that are going on in the world, but they need to be said. They need to be said. So I, need, I know I'm going to record it and uh, I, you know, there could be backlash from some of the things, but I want to take a biblical approach to what's happening in the world but first I want to read you a little story that I, I found today and I don't ever bring my phone up here but I did because I took a picture of the story so here's something I read that kind of made me laugh so a, a mom visits a doctor with her little boy takes him to the doctor so here's the, um, the dialogue so the doctor he says I'll need to see little Johnny again in a month but you ma'am you also need help you were far too stressed and upset and worried about your son here it's really not that bad but here, I want you to take these tranquilizers regularly until I see you again to help you with your condition. The mom says, well, okay, if you really think I need them, he says, yes, you do. A month later, she brings Johnny back, and the doctor says, how is Johnny? She goes, who cares? (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Who cares, right? Who cares about something we should be caring about? That made me laugh. I want to talk to you today about uh, the title is The Penalty Has a Purpose. The Penalty Has a Purpose. And we're in the book of Jeremiah chapter 18. And we've had some things happen this week since I, I wrote this message. I knew what I was preaching on two weeks ago um, had basically the scripture we were talking about last week. And I knew Monday morning as I, as I typed this out, well, some things have happened in our country since then that have kind of proven what we're talking about today. And that is basically rebellion, that when you rebel against God, bad things happen. Yeah. Okay, And so we're in a, a weird place in our country right now that we need to talk about some things. And um, before I get into it, I want to tell you a little story, true story. When I was in Walla Walla First Assembly, Chris and I were youth pastors there uh, back in the, goodness, mid-90s, I guess. And, um, and it, was a, it was a church full of, of seasoned veteran saints, We will not call them old for sake of offending anybody because, you know, I thought it might World War II, like it was the greatest generation. When we look back, if we're still around here, it's going to be the offended generation of the one we're in right now. Because we get offended over everything, it's it's really crazy. Uh, But there was an old man who did woodworking and one day he came to church and his hand was bandaged up. And I looked at his I was like, bro, what's, what's up? But he, he cut his fingers off in a planer. He was planing some wood, and he just looked at me, he said, my eyesight isn't what it used to be. <laughs> I was like, apparently not. Um, so his, his distance and everything, he had again worked with wood his whole life, but he just ran his fingers through the planer. Um, and he, he found some humor in it, and I found a story in it. And as, as Americans, as a world, our eyesight isn't what it used to be when it comes to the spiritual things of God. That we are on a course of what I see as self-destruction unless we repent. And that's what we're talking about today. Um, And so, again, it's not going to be the easiest message in the world to preach. Um, I like fluffy messages, but at the same time, I have to be obedient to, to preach what God has put on my heart. And so you need to know that your pastor sometimes doesn't have a filter, and I pray for a filter. But sometimes the filter has to come off. Sometimes we have to say, okay, this is, this is what needs to be said. It's not politically motivated. It's biblically motivated. It's a right or wrong thing, not a political thing. So I need you to, first of all, if you don't know me, understand my heart. Um, you need to understand that, that I love people. You need to understand we're going to talk about some things that I have friends that are homosexuals that I love dearly, um, that we have a relationship. Okay, so you need to know where I'm coming from when I say some of the things I'm going to say. Um, and I pray, and as I did a lot, is God, let them not be my words but let them be your words because my words will just simply get me in trouble, all right? So God is showing Jeremiah, called as a young man, to to be a prophet, For the nation of Israel, Israel has had this history of just doing right, getting comfortable because God blessed them and then doing wrong, getting trapped and needing a redeemer, you know, a prophet to come in and save them over and over and over again. The Israelites have, have risen and fallen, risen and fallen, risen and fallen. As I've studied through the book of Jeremiah, I see a lot of similarities with America and Israel that God had a great plan for America and is establishing his plan through America, but America is on a downward spiral away from God. God. God blessed us and we got comfortable and now we're going in another direction that if we don't change, we'll end in destruction. And so that's, what, that's the, kind of the theme of what we're doing. So God is gonna show Jeremiah something here in chapter 18 about cause and effect, about sowing and reaping, and that what you do today affects your tomorrow. What you do today affects your tomorrow. Blessings come with obedience and curses come with disobedience. Now I wanna read a, a quick story from uh, the great philosopher Nancy Pelosi who um, who said something today that's worth of note. And this was, uh, uh, Franklin Graham posted this and my wife found it this morning. And she said, I think, I think this goes along with what you're preaching on. So I'm gonna read it to you. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says, Ready for this? Mother Earth is angry. Mother Earth is angry. For once in my life, I agree with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Mother Earth is angry, Alright? Because Mother Earth has disobeyed God, all right? There ain't no Mother Earth, all right? God created the Earth, but her statement, I understand what she's saying. Man. And here's what Franklin Graham says. He says, that statement made me think. The one whose anger we should be most concerned about is not Mother Earth, but our Father God, who created the earth, the sky, the universe, and its inhabitants. Mankind has disregarded, disobeyed, and defied him. Our secular society has tried to distance themselves from God, from his word, and from his commands. Many have rejected the one who made us, who loves us, who sent his son to die on the cross for our sins, and we should be running to him, not turning our backs on him or his ways. His is the anger and the wrath we should care about the most. The Bible says, because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, I've got to swipe left. I don't know anything about swiping right or left, so if I say the wrong thing, I know nothing about... I know what tinder is, but to me it's what you use to build fires, not date people and build fires through that. Um, The Bible said, but because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are stirring up wrath for yourselves in the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Um, That, I think, is very fitting with what we're talking about. Um, I've had a little bit of humor watching certain governors blame climate change for these fires. Um, our, the California governor said, yes, there's some mismanagement of the forests in the last 30 years, but it really, it really is climate change. We're burning fossil fuels, and that's why there's fires. Oh. <laughs> I come from a logging family. We mismanage the forests. all right? When you manage the forest correctly, there's not enough fuel. Well, I mean, there is fuel, but there, you take a lot of fuel out of dead trees, and we experienced that firsthand where trees would die, fall over, and they'd say, you can't, you can't log them. You, you gotta leave them here it's like leaving tinder in the the kindling box right and, and so eventually it's going to burn so good forest management is a good thing but i get a kick out of these governors saying it's our it's human's fault it's people's fault you're driving cars and that's why the world is burning up is it possible that we're disobeying god and we're seeing some things happen in our world that could possibly be god's judgment on us Not saying that it is, but it could possibly be because I'm not, I haven't heard from God directly say this is, but what I do is I read the Bible and I look at the natural disasters that took place on obedient nations and I went, there's a, there's a pattern here. There's a pattern here. So I'm not here to say it It is God's judgment. I'm not going to say it's not God's judgment, but in my mind, I have my own opinion, okay, that it's very possible that God is saying, hey, you need to wake up as a nation, Okay, I, I would not be surprised. I was talking to Chris this morning. God hasn't talked to me about this, but I would not be surprised if we saw another earthquake or two in the next couple weeks, in just in different places, for God to shake, saying, "Hey, wake up! You need to repent. You can get right. There's still time to get right as a nation." And that's what today's message is basically about. So the nation of Israel has this pattern of behavior, and Jeremiah, poor guy, he gets to confront it. He's, he's called as a young boy, and God says, I need you to be my spokesman. And Jeremiah's like, yeah, what do you want me to say? He said, you need to tell them they're doing wrong. <laughs> what? Because they won't like me. That's right, Jeremiah. And I look through Jeremiah's life, in chapter 20, he actually writes this complaint. He, he writes out a chapter, he's like, God, this stinks, People hate me. People don't like me. They're talking bad about me. And, and God's like, Jeremiah, stay the course. I called you for such a time as this, okay? I called you for such a time as this. You need to, to confront them and you tell them to get right. So again, it's not a fun message I'm speaking today, but it is a needed message, especially with what's going on in our world. We see criminals getting glorified, and that's wrong, okay? We see criminals getting glorified. We see law enforcement officers getting degraded for simply doing their job. And that's wrong, Amen. okay? It's wrong with, what, with where we're going. We're glorifying criminals and we're, we're telling law enforcement that they can't do their job. Um, there is a thin blue line. There is. Okay, it is a real thing, okay? Why are we in a, a city, okay, in our city of Boise, okay, again, we're stepping into some areas that aren't comfortable to talk about, but my daughter drove down Harrison Boulevard yesterday with, with gay pride flags and American flags flying, Okay, in a city, in a city, paid for place, not just a private home. But we're talking down the street. But there's a ban on flying blue line flags. Okay, what I'm asking is, you fly what flag you want, but be fair about it. Okay, you're saying no law enforcement flags because it might offend somebody, but you can fly a gay pride flag, and that's okay. Well, what if it offends Christians? What about my feelings? What about how I feel about it? So, again, I told you, I have homosexual friends. Talked to one this week. Love you, love you. Okay, we know where each other stands, so I'm not anti-human. Okay, what I am is anti-sinful behavior. Yeah. And in the Bible, God says, you know, if you, if you, if you kind of think, wow, what's he? what's read chapter 1 of Romans and then come back and talk to me before you judge me. Read chapter Romans and see what God does toward toward sexual behavior that's not between a man and a woman in a marriage okay god will judge it and so um again if you came for a fluffy church (laughs) sorry um (laughs) so uh it's just how it is (laughs) guards lock the doors they need to hear this all right but there's a spiritual climate that's going on that needs to be changed okay this isn't a physical thing we are in a spiritual battle there is things going on in our country right now and in our world spiritually that a lot of people aren't aware of and a lot of Christians aren't aware of. They look at it as, as you know, humans against humans, but that's really not what it is. There is a spiritual fight going on. So we need to pray as never before. My prayer life has increased substantially in the last month or two um, in serious prayer. Not God just bless my family, but Lord, give us a revival. Give us repentance. Lord, we repent of our sins as a nation because I want our nation to be blessed. I don't want it to end in, you know, in in December. My investments are doing too well. I mean, I come on, I want to enjoy them, right? No, I, I, I want life to be blessed, but I also know the reality that when we disobey, that God has to bring a penalty. He has to, and he's not just if he doesn't. Um, so what we're going to do today is really call as Christians, to, to pray for revival, to pray that God would give us one more great awakening before he comes back, that, that, that we would repent, say, God, please forgive us for passing laws that make pedophiles non-criminals anymore in California. I don't know if you heard about that. I just heard about it this last week. They're, they're, they're decriminalizing. Okay, they're basically saying if it's a 10-year thing, if you're an eight, 18-year-old and you have sexual relations with an 8-year-old, if it's consensual, they're not gonna punish you. No. You got, you got to look it up. Yeah. And it's, it's a, or, or punish you a lot less. It's, it's a very, very scary thing. I thought it was baloney too until we started reading into it. Um, and people from California are saying, yeah, they, they snuck it in this bill, which never happens. All right. And so, yeah, look it up. I don't even know what bill it is, babe, but it's 145. So look at bill 145. And so, so now in California, yeah, the governor signed it and. Welcome to Idaho, those of you who just moved from California, Um, and you know, so there's there's stuff going on, guys. That to me, and then if you've seen the Netflix, you probably shouldn't don't see it, but it was called Cuties. It's sexualization of little girls. Okay, they put that out, and then they're recanting because hundreds of thousands of people were like, we're canceling Netflix. Money talks. Okay, But to actually put it out there, okay, guys, we're getting people saved from sex trafficking and yet we're promoting sex with with kids. I mean, it's just this really sick, sick thing. Um, So our world is just going in a direction that I have to say something. I'm like, this is something people need to know, that our world is going in a direction that is ungodly and God will bring judgment on that kind of behavior. So as a Christian church, I think too often we have sat back and just let things happen instead of speaking up. And I'm not saying be a jerk. I'm not saying go get a, you know, I'm, I'm not about marching with signs. That's not me. We have to love people, but we also have to be able to stand up and say, guys, this is wrong. This is wrong, okay? The glorifying of criminal behavior is wrong, okay? The, the pushing down of law enforcement is wrong. They are God's agents. The Bible says that, okay? Well, there's a bad apple. Well, there's bad dads too, so we just say quit being dads, Right? Okay, there's child abuse. Does that mean you quit spanking your kids? No, no the Bible says to do it. Okay, abuse is different than spanking. Yes. Amen. Mom and dad, thanks for spanking me as a child. Matter of fact, tell my parents thank you because I would not be here, right? Yeah. I'd be in a prison ministry somewhere, I guarantee you. That's where I would be on the in, from the inside. Uh, so you can't turn from God and not have a penalty. Okay, you can't. And, and again, this this message today is is not an easy one to preach, but it's necessary. It's necessary because we're going in a direction and we're gonna read some scripture here that God says, if you repent, I'll, I'll, I'll stop, okay? And so here, let's, let's get into this. Jeremiah chapter 18, one through six. Uh, last week, we learned three things. It says this. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. And then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hands of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. I must stop there. So last week we learned three things. Uh, number one, we learned that God has a purpose for your life. Okay, if you didn't hear last week, go last week and listen to it. Um, God has a purpose for your life. There is a reason you exist. Number two, the placement had a purpose. God said, I need you to go from where you are to where I want you to be because I got to show you something. And some of you have, have relocated to Idaho and placement is important. There's a purpose in it because sometimes we have to see a different angle. We have to get in a different place okay so placement has a purpose don't despise the places that God has you right now or has had you even the places that were hard God moves us for a purpose number three we learned that things don't always turn out the way we think but to not give up the potter was making this pot it got kind of destroyed and he was like eh, I'll make something else out of it and he recreated something else and that's what God does in a messed up life like yours and mine right we're all messed up at one level or another Some of you had got chips, some of y'all fell off the spinning wheel, hit the ground, and God had to rebuild you completely. But God can take something that's destroyed and make it into something beautiful. I will tell you this, the blessing of God is more fun to talk about than the wrath of God, because people don't like to be told to change their behavior. I've been been teaching my my granddaughter, Michaela, about honoring, you know, because I saw her mom the other day said, Kayla, come here, and she said, just a minute, and she's playing with her dolls. I was like, little girl, you better go to your mom right now. There ain't no just a minute when you're talking to an adult. Okay, I was like, okay. Well, then she did it again uh, she, to me. And we had another little confrontation. Um, that you, I told you to do something. I don't mean just a minute. I mean now. Well, she's learning it from us, right? She's like, She wants attention. She wants to know, Like, you're right in the middle of something. Just a minute, I'll be with you. Well, now she's using that against us. Your grandkids are smart, man. They know. They kind of know what's up. And so uh, we're teaching her how to to respect and how to honor um, authority that when you're told to come, you come now. When you're told to not do something, you don't do it. And I think we need to put a lot more time and effort into teaching the young men and women of America to respect authority. That when an officer says to stop, you should stop. Okay, when they say, show me your hands, you should show me your hands. There, There needs to be that respect. So I think sometimes we bark up the wrong tree. Right. If what you're doing isn't working, we need to change tactics. Right. We need to to, to change honor and respect for those who are in authority above us, um, starting with parents. All right. So in five seven, God wants to shape you. Okay. But you have to be willing to be shaped. A hard heart is not a pliable heart. If you have a hard heart, God can't work with that way because you won't let him. You know that God doesn't get everything he wants. The Bible says that God wishes that no one perish, that no one go to hell. Hell is a real place. Hell is a place you will end up if you don't submit your life to Jesus Christ. I mean, it's a real thing. Okay, that's why I do what I do. That's why I'm not fishing right now or doing something a little more fun, although this is a lot of fun to me when we gather together and we worship God. All right, but there's a heaven and a hell. It's a real place and that's what drives me. A hard heart is not a pliable heart. I wanna make you something great, God says, but you have to let me. That's what he's gonna tell Israel right here. So it never ends well. Write this down. It never ends well for those who disobey God. Never ends well. You read your Bible, you look at people's lives. When, they, when you're in disobedience to God and you won't repent, it never ends well. And so, this common theme through the book of Jeremiah is I think I'm like a chapter 20. I've just kind of been studying it. Um, is this the theme is you brought this on yourselves? You brought this on yourself. You brought this on yourself. What I wish we would be like in America is when we get punished for something we did wrong, that we would own it and say, my behavior caused this. <laughs> my behavior caused the police to be called. It's what I was doing that the phone call was even made. Okay? I've, I've destroyed some things before, like engines, and I love engines. Some of you don't know me. I love building engines. I destroyed one engine in a, in a snowmobile because I forgot to put antifreeze in it. And I told everybody, don't start it up. There's no antifreeze, okay? Because we were getting ready for the season. And, and I had the antifreeze. I had it bought. I had it marked. I mean, I had, I had everything, but I didn't apply what I knew. And I told my son, like, yeah, go ride it, you know? We'll, we'll and then afterwards, I heard it started blowing up. It destroyed about the piston, but I wasn't planning on preaching on it. But just destroy I have it in my shop. It is destroyed. Why? Because I didn't do the necessary precautions to keep it cool like it needs to do and friction always wins okay well in our lives repentance is like the antifreeze that reduces the friction it's like the oil that keeps things going the way they should and once we say we don't need antifreeze we don't need oil we can run this engine without it it's like saying god we can do this without you and it will run for a few minutes but it will eventually blow up and the cost can be horrendous okay that was a mistake that I made, and I owned it. I like, no, I, I, I'm paying for it. I blew it up. It was my fault. We need to take responsibility for the things that we need to take responsibility for. So God is, is talking to Israel, and here's what he says. Let's keep going. Um, okay, verse seven. He says, if at any time I announce, this is God talking, if at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, And if that nation, I warned, repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. Isn't that that graceful of God? God says, I'm going to destroy you. (laughs) And if you repent, I'll relent. This happened to Nineveh. When God called Jonah, go preach against the great city of Nineveh. Nineveh was horrible. We, we think America's bad or the world's bad. Nineveh, they were terrible. They would skin people alive. They would cut babies out of pregnant women. Um, they rape, pillage, and plunder. They were the worst at torturing people. And there was times when the Ninevites would surround a city. The city would commit mass suicide because they knew what would happen. They knew what would take place. So they would just commit mass. So, so the Ninevites were terrible. So when God told Jonah, go tell them to repent. Okay, if you don't know the history of Nineveh, you're thinking, oh, they're just a bunch of sinners, you know, lightly sinning. No, they were evil, 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 evil. Sexually immoral, just terrible. And God says, Jonah, I want you to go, go, go preach. And he's like, no, they're too evil, God. I, I'm not doing it. And God says, okay, have it your way. It's like Burger King, right? Have it your way. Um, and, and Jonah ran, and most of you know the story if you grew up in church at all. And, uh, and God got his attention, spit him back out, and he started preaching in Nineveh. I mean, he's, he's a flaming evangelist. And he's like, 40 more days and God's gonna destroy you. <laughs> like, he's just happy about it. Okay? And he gets through, and he sits down to watch the destruction, and the king of Nineveh goes, whoa, I believe this dude. We need to repent, we need to, man, and they totally repented, and God relented. God didn't destroy him. Now, About, I'm gonna say 20 years later, don't quote me on that, but there's years later, Nineveh ends up getting destroyed, okay? Because they did right for a while and then they slipped back into their old wicked ways. So God stayed his judgment. And what I am praying, and this is what we need to pray as a church, as Christians, is that God would stay his judgment on America. Because I want another at least few years to see people saved. I want revival. I want peace, right? That's what I want, but it's not what I want. It's what God wants. But here, there's something that God says, I'm going to plan to destroy. But if you will repent, I'll relent. I'll give you more time. And I'm hoping that's what happens in America. If you repent, I'll restore you. So how does this message apply to us It's just a reminder to keep our behaviors in check, to remember that God blesses the obedient but punishes the disobedient. My challenge to you today as a Christian, if you're serving God, is no matter what the world is doing, I'm gonna do what's right. No matter how crazy this world gets as a Christian, as a believer, I'm gonna love people. I'm gonna do the best I can to be Jesus to others. I'm also gonna call it for what it is. If it's evil, we need to call it evil. If it's criminal, we need to call it criminal. If it's right, we need to call it right, right? We need to be Jesus to others. So we don't sit in judgment as far as bringing the gavel down, but we do see the fruits of what's happening. Is it okay okay as a Christian to say, you know what, that's wrong. According to the Bible, that behavior is wrong. I'm standing, I'm your friend, okay? It is. We need to be a little bit bolder because I think we've let some things slip and that's why we are the way we are so God gets to the point regarding nations, okay? Nations have a, a part to play in this whole thing. Um, what's odd to me in my whole study of the scripture and uh, I've read the Bible my whole life, that America does not seem to be mentioned anywhere, okay? There are some people that, that have this, like, well, there's a mention of an eagle. There's no mention of America in the Bible, okay? If you look at most scholars that are way smarter than me, they will tell you the United States, America is not mentioned in the Bible. And that's weird to me. Because from the beginning of time, nations that have risen to great power have been mentioned in the Bible. But we're not. So you're like, okay, Lord, what's up with that? Okay, we're 244 years into this thing. What is up with that? Because God has used us tremendously. You know why America is the greatest nation on this earth? It's because we help the most people on this earth. Americans, okay, from our volunteer military, um, we we have helped more people on the, in this earth than really any other nation. Most nations go to conquer; we go to help. Amen. We do. We feed. I mean, we give money. We help. A America has been a huge blessing. As evil as some nations say we are, those are the same nations that will eat the food that we send them when they have their disasters. Okay? A, nation, a nation that is blessed by God is a nation that's a giving nation. That's what America has been. Okay? We have been a very giving nation. All right, And so God, again, is just saying, okay, America, you need to wake up Okay? somehow or another, we are not a player in the end times. Russia, China are big players in the end times, but we're not. Does the rapture take place and we're gone? And is there so many Christians in America that we disappear? All of a sudden, there's no infrastructure anymore. I'm hoping that's what happens, right? Because that's the easy way out. And I kind of want the easy way out, right? I don't want to go through a bunch of stuff, but hey, whatever. Our country was founded on God's word, but we really have drifted in the past 50 years. And we need to get back if we want to stay in God's blessing. See, not too long ago, I Love Lucy was a thing. I Love Lucy, they slept in separate beds. Yet they had children. Okay? But what were they portraying? Separate beds. Why? Because it would be a little taboo to have them in the same bed. Now we have shows that promote gay marriage. Okay, where have we come? Again, you can live the way you want to live. I will not be your judge. God will be your judge. But as, as a Christian nation that we were, I think now we're a nation that has a lot of Christians. I'm not sure that we're a Christian nation anymore. Um, that's not really my call. But what we have to do is go, okay, why have we drifted so much? And the problem is, is we have put up and not said enough. We have been shamed into not saying anything. It's kind of interesting how you can be immoral and say whatever you want and people applaud, but as a Christian, you say this is what God's word says and you get shamed for it. Don't think that's not spiritual. There's something spiritual, right? People that are screaming tolerance, tolerance are the ones that are the most intolerant to the way that I believe as a Christian. Okay? There's something wrong with that, right? Isn't that messed up? It's, it's two-faced, it's two-sided. Um, because if you're preaching tolerance, you should absolutely be okay with me believing that Jesus died for my sins and that I view the world through the lens of the Bible. That's just the way it should be. But there's something spiritual going on that we can't see, okay? So we have to be careful, with what we say, but also be careful with what we don't say, okay? God wants us to stand up for what's right, because some people can't stand up for themselves. So we need to be a voice uh, for those who can't. All I can rest on is what God's word says, that if you repent, God will forgive us. And here's, here's the next category, is what it says in verse 9. It says this, and if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted. That's kind of interesting. Okay, built up and planted, which I believe America falls into this category. And if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. So God is saying here, you have a choice. As a nation, you have a choice. That I, I raised you up for this purpose, but if you begin to go the other direction, you begin to disobey me, I'm gonna have to reconsider the good I had for you. Because God requires obedience. God requires obedience. You have to obey to receive the blessing. We can't just do what we want and think that everything's gonna be fine. Okay? God knows how it all how it all plays out, He really does. He's got this whole thing in control. He knows how it plays out. But if you disobey, all right, um, as we talked talking about Nineveh, God didn't disobey. But if you disobey law and authority, what do you think is supposed to happen? Right? Right now, we're seeing law enforcement being pushed aside for doing their job. What is it supposed to happen if you disobey the law? Right? Yeah. There's a law for a reason. All right? And so as an end, We need to support the laws and the authority that God has established and law enforcement officers are God's authority. Okay, they are. You have to read the Bible and say, okay, I guess Romans 13, that God has put them in place for a reason. Guys, there is a thin blue line. There is. Because without police officers, our world would go absolutely crazy. The people that are chanting against law enforcement are the ones that are being protected by law enforcement. Because who's to prevent some wackos coming in and shooting everybody? Right? I mean, you've got to think this whole thing through. No cops. Oh, there's a guy with a gun. I need a cop. Okay? So if you're like me, you're just thinking logically, going, we need law enforcement. Right? We need it. It's got to be there. It's got to be there because we have a hard time obeying our own laws. A matter of fact, in the Old Testament, the Bible talks about there was a day when there was no law enforcement. People did what was right in their own eyes. Well, shoot, I want a Corvette. Who's got a Corvette? Because i got a gun and you don't. So that Corvette's mine, buddy. See what I mean? Who are you gonna call? Okay. Laws exist for a reason. And when we break those laws, why are we surprised when the punishment happens? I don't think I was ever surprised by my parents getting spanking me when they said, Don't do that, and I did it. I don't think I ever turned and went, What was that for? <laughs> I didn't like it, but I knew that I had crossed the line. They said don't cross. So for me, when I look at God's word, it says, don't do something. I have to go, okay, don't do something. And if I do do something, something bad is going to happen. And in our world, we've kind of teaching that you can disobey authority and everything's fine. I don't know if you saw the video again, because we're talking about current events here of, of the target. I don't know where it was, what state it was in, uh, but they were looting and rioting and they came in, they start stealing everything and breaking stuff and going crazy. And somebody was filming it. It's like the cool thing to film criminal activity these days, um, and, and, and the police officers are outside, you can see their cars with their lights on. And people were asking, well, why didn't they do anything? Well, further, the further, they were told to stand down. They were told not to. So here you have these mayors of these towns going, we don't want the police officers to do anything, just let them go do what they're gonna do. Well, that worked, right? And I thought it was interesting that Target actually supported the movement that was looting and stealing. Okay, so again, I'm saying stuff today that could get myself in trouble, but I think most of us are thinking it. And there's a point that I just have to say, you know what, it's a law and order thing. It's not a political thing. It's a right and wrong thing. Behavior is what needs to change. For America to change, behavior has to change. It just does. And so anyhow, in in what we're talking about today, this just plays into what's going on in the world. And here's what God says, all right? Here's what God says. Now therefore, say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, This is what the Lord says. Look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. Does anybody want God to look at your behavior and say, you know what? I got something planned for you. It ain't ain't good. It's like, boy, belt's coming off. You're going to get a whooping. I don't want God looking at my behavior going, you know what? I I got something planned for you unless you repent. And God is looking at this nation of Israel and he's saying I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you so turn, this is important, this is the key turn from your evil ways I don't want to discipline you I don't want to bring this on you but you're bringing it on yourself and God has to punish he has to or otherwise he's not just otherwise he doesn't keep his own word and God will never break his promise he'll never break his word so turn from your evil ways each one of you And reform your ways and your actions. And here's the sad thing in verse 12. But they will reply, it's no use. We will continue with our own plans. Each of us will follow the stubbornness of his evil heart. And that's the sad thing. Is I don't want us as a nation to just continue to follow the stubbornness of an evil heart. See, repentance is something that I think we all need to do. There are times that we pray for repentance over what somebody else is doing, and that's what my heart is, is God. I'm not out looting and doing criminal activity, but I'm saying, God, please forgive us as a nation because I love my country, I love my nation, I love the people. God, please forgive us. Please forgive us. God, please have mercy on us as a nation. And I think as Christians, we need to do more praying in that direction. Amen? To say, okay, we're going in the direction. I don't want, the, I, I want God to relent. I want God to, to see enough people in America say, God, please forgive us. We, we repent of the sin. We repent of the sexual immorality. We repent of the criminal activity that that we think shouldn't get punished. God, we repent. We want to do what's right. That's what's going to save America, is repentance. Amen? That's what's going to save us. So I don't want God to reconsider. How do I take this on a personal level? I don't want God to reconsider the good he has for my life. He has good something for every one of you. He has something good for you. But if you're living in sin and you're willful sin, I'm not talking messing up. I'm talking, you're just, it's my sin and I'm just gonna keep doing it. That's the heart that's stubborn. That's the heart that God says, you know what, I have something good planned for you. If you keep going that direction, I can't bless you. So if you're dealing with sin, it's time to get right and to quit messing around with our Christianity, okay? It's my behavior that determines God's blessing. So I cannot live in rebellion and expect God's blessing. I can't live in lukewarmness and expect God's blessing. We have this thing where we want minimal investment but maximum return, yeah. don't we? We want a great marriage, but I don't want to do a whole lot for her. I've never heard that in a vows when I've done a, a wedding ceremony. I've never had a husband or a, a almost husband go, you know, I want you to be my everything, but I don't want to be your anything. And I expect this to work, baby. Unfortunately, I've seen some girls that were so enamored, they'd be like, whatever you say. Um, and then reality hits. Um, it's not like that. So regardless of where this world is headed, okay, you, you determine to do what's right. Determine to do what's right. Say, today I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to be vocal when I need to. I'm going to say what I need to say. I'm going to stand for what I need to stand. You see, part of our problem is that we've kind of allowed it by not standing up like we should have back in the 60s. Okay, and it's like a cavity, a little cavity. If it's not dealt with, what's it do? It gets bigger, it grows. Also, know who you're following. Know who you're following. Okay, know what movements you're following. Can I? Can I? am going to be honest with you. I always hate it when people say, "Can I be honest?" No, lie to me. Um, there's some movements again that are spiritual that are against Americans. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say something. Do you hear me correctly on this? Okay, I'm going to say something, and don't get offended. You promise you won't get offended? Don't probably you don't know what I'm gonna say. Okay? Alright. Black Lives Matter. They do. The movement. Look up their website. Look up their website. They are very, very, very pro homosexual. Very pro I mean, they're very pro what the Bible says is wrong. Okay, look it up. I'm not telling you anything that you can't find publicly. Okay, Antifa. Anti white male. Okay, I have read their, they, they don't let this out, but I have, somebody obtained a copy of their mission statement, okay? They, they are, again, pro-homosexual, anti-white male, and here's their tactic. Their tactic, okay, and this is where it can come back on me, their tactic is to shame anybody who stands up for like the word of God. That when you stand up for your belief, they, they say shame them on social media, put their name out there, like put their address out there, shame them until they shut up. It, it's written I, I read it again I wouldn't tell you something oh I heard somebody say this it's something you can go to and read um, maybe not the Antifa part because again it's they don't let people have that but somebody I know obtained a copy of it and I was like shocked as I was reading their mission statement and I'm like okay that's not cool that's not a good thing okay It's not a good thing. So guys, as Christians, again, this is not a political message. This is a right and wrong thing. This is a where we are in America thing. And there's sometimes that we can ride this wave and we don't know where the wave's going because we haven't researched it enough. Okay, look at our church, go to the website, see what we believe. Don't just blindly follow. Don't follow me. Don't follow what I say just because I said it. You have to say, okay, does it line up with the word of God? So if you have these organizations that might look good on the outside, you have to go, okay, what do they believe? Is it against scripture? Is it against scripture? If it's against scripture, then it's against you. You have to look at it that way. And we have to be honest enough and talk, why are we talking about this in church? Guys, because it affects the church. It, it is a spiritual thing that we just need to say, God, please forgive us. I'm not going to hate them. I'm not going to hate what they're, what they're for. But what I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hate the behavior that will lead America to destruction. Because that's not what we want. We want reconciliation. We want people to sit down and say, okay, we've had our riots. We've had our ri-. All right, let's talk rationally now. Amen. How can we fix this? How can, how can we build some bridges here where we've been burning the bridges up? See, God's heart is always restoration. It is. God wants to restore. But we have to be willing to call things for what they are and say, okay, now let's get over this and let's do some restoration here, okay? Let's see some res- racial reconciliation. Let's do that. Let's listen on both sides and say, okay, now you've been here and you're acting this way because you, you went through some hard things when you were younger. I have friends, and, and I've told you this story before, is uh, I had a friend who, when the Confederate flag thing was a big deal, and to me, I was like, I'm just a white guy from the Northwest. It, to me, you know, I thought it was America. You could fly whatever flag you want, whatever. And so I went and asked my friend, who's a black guy, and a Christian man, and I said, his name is Neil. I said, Neil, what, what, what does this mean to you? And his demeanor, like, he grew up in the deep South. He saw black people hanging from trees as a kid. And he said the people that did it had Confederate flags hanging in their yards. Total totally different perspective for me. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, We need to be better at that as Christians. We're really quick to pass judgment, but we need to get into the hearts of the people that are acting out to say, okay, I want to hear you out on this. I want to know why you're angry. I want to know what it is that's causing it. And, and, and you might find a story that you went, well, okay, now I understand. Now I get it, okay? And that's where I think we need to be. So be really cautious, all right? We can jump on the judgment thing and I can get spun up too, um, but that's not what God has called us to do. God has called us to call stuff for what it is, and he's also called us to repentance. Amen? Y'all okay? Okay, good. Well, thanks. <laughs> I will make sure we're good on this. And, I, and I, I want you to know my heart, guys. If you know me, you know I love people. I do. I love people. Love people. But I am concerned with where we're going as a nation. I really am. And it's time for us to, to stand up and say, okay, enough's enough. We need to pray this through, okay? We need to quit throwing rocks at each other and just start saying, okay, God, we need a miracle to take place. Amen? amen. And now we get to baptize people, amen? Now that you're all like, uh...